0: This is the Old Radio Show's podcast.
1: Hollywood, California. Monday, June 8th. The Lux Radio Theater. Presented from its new home on Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood, California. Lux presents Hollywood. Such great personalities as William Powell, Myrna Loy, W.S. Van Dyke, Leda Barra, James Seymour, Minna Gamble, Porter Hall, and many others will take part in this presentation sent to you by the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, the beauty soap of the stars. Appearing before a distinguished Hollywood audience, Mr. Powell, Miss Loy, and a cast of 18 great players presents the play that has broken box office records from coast to coast, The Thin Man. And as producer tonight, we present the director who did The Thin Man on the screen, together with such triumphs as Naughty Marietta, Trader Horn, Rose Marie, I Live My Life, and countless other smash hit pictures, Mr. W.S. Van Dyke. Mr. Van Dyke.
2: everybody. Well, it's a great scene at the Lux Radio Theater tonight. In our audience, we have Betty Davis, Jimmy and Lucille Gleason, Bob Armstrong, Ollie Olson of Olson and Johnson, Stu Irwin, Jimmy Starr, famous communist, Evelyn Venable, Mr. and Mrs. Leon Schlesinger. Maybe it would interest you a little inside information on the show we're doing tonight, The Thin Man, and about William Powell and Myrna Loy, who are going to do it for you. As you know, The Thin Man was a best-selling novel by Dashiell Hammer. Hunt Stromberg, down at the studio, MGM, got hold of it and brought it to me. Woody said, if you'll make this picture, I'll buy the story. Well, I read it, and while it was a good enough mystery story, there was something else about the book that struck me. Here was something new and fresh and very charming. A romance between a man and his wife. It's a story of a couple of kids that understood each other and had a blessed confidence in each other. Beneath all the casualness and all the cracking, there's a lovely, wholesome relationship. Something really deep and sweet and inspiring. Well, we decided to make the picture. Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich wrote a swell script. William Powell and Myrna Loy played the parts. And how? They played them beautifully. Because Powell was just Powell and Loy was just Loy. Both of them wise, cracking all the time, and flowning right through the picture. I suppose you know that plenty of motion pictures take from two months to a year to shoot. We did The Thin Man in 16 Days, retakes and all. Of course, it wasn't a pretentious picture. We didn't make it as one. I hate epics. But it is evident that people liked it. It has been very interesting to study out how they can tell this story on the radio. Bill and Myrna have had a lot of fun getting it ready for you, just as they did making the picture. And from the original story, from the original motion picture cast, we have and are fortunate in having Minna Gombo, Porter Hall, William Henry, and Thomas Jackson here tonight. So here we go, with William Powell and Nick Charles, and Myrna Loy as Nora in The Thin Man. Here they come, Bill Powell and Myrna Loy. We're in a fashionable cafe, Momart, New York City. It's Christmas Eve, and the well-appointed dining room is filling rapidly. From the bar comes a good-looking young fellow of about thirty-five, tall, casual, and worldly-wise. He's Nick Charles, the well-known private detective played by William Powell, and he's waiting for his charming wife, Nora, played by Myrna Loy. As he takes his place at the table, a young girl on the other side of the room recognizes him and hurries over.
3: you, Mr. Nick Charles, the detective? Oh,
1: I, uh, yes, I'm Nick Charles.
3: I thought I recognized you. My name is Dorothy Winant.
1: Oh, yes? How do you do? Do
3: you mind if I sit down for a no, moment? No,
1: but, uh, I'm expecting my wife a few minutes. You don't mind explaining your presence to her? Oh, of
3: course. That's my fiancée over there at the other table.
1: Oh, well, that makes everything all right, doesn't it? Sit down. Thank you. Uh, your name is, uh...
4: Dorothy Winant. I'm Clyde Winant's daughter.
1: Clyde Winant, uh... Oh, yes, of course, your father was having some trouble about one of his inventions a few years ago. I handled the case for him.
4: I know. That, that's why I want to speak to you now.
1: Oh. Well, I'm not practicing anymore, Miss Wynette. You see, i retired. Please, of...
4: Mr. Child. I need you.
1: Oh. What seems to be the trouble? It's
4: dead.
3: He went away about three months ago, and I haven't heard from him. Not a word. I'm worried sick.
1: Oh, I wouldn't if I were you. After all, he's an inventor. He gets an idea he wants to work on. It's only natural that he should hide away somewhere. He's done it before.
3: Yes, but never for three months.
1: Did you see him before he left?
3: No. Mr. McCauley was the only one he spoke to. Well, McCauley and Julia Wolf. She's dad's secretary.
1: Julia Wolf? Yes, I believe I met her. And uh, McCauley is your father's lawyer, isn't he? Yes. His lawyer and his secretary both speak to him before he leaves, but no one knows where he went. He
3: wouldn't tell them.
1: What about your mother? He wouldn't tell her either.
3: No, mother and dad aren't. They haven't seen each other for some time. Oh, I see.
1: Well, I don't know just what I can do for you. Why don't you speak to Macaulay? Maybe he's heard from your father and forgotten to let you know.
3: Oh, well, I'll call him now.
1: That's a girl. Let me know how it turns out, will you?
3: Of course. I'll be back in a few
0: minutes. I'll be here. Madam, you can't bring that dog in here.
1: Dogs aren't allowed. I'm sorry, Uh, ma'am. I'll be here, Asta. Asta, come here, boy. Here.
0: Down,
5: boy. Madam, it isn't
1: only your dog. We allowed everyone. Oh, here you are. Asta. Quiet, Asta. Quiet. Hello, Nora. I hear you brought the dog.
5: I didn't bring him. He brought me. <laughs> I think the doorman's
1: mad, Madam, I'm afraid you'll have to take the dog outside. All right, Joe. It's my dog and uh, my wife.
5: You might have mentioned me first.
1: But, Mr. Charles, are you sure that... Uh... Of course I'm sure. He's well-trained. He'll behave himself. And nobody might bite someone. Oh, no. Only me, Joe. He only bites me.
5: Yes, he's fussy about what he
1: eats. Go ahead, Joe. I'll be responsible for
2: it. Very well, sir. If you say so. Sir.
1: There you are, my dear. See what an influential husband he's got?
5: You do stand in the door, ma'am. Mr. Charles.
1: Oh, uh, yes, Dorothy?
5: May I introduce my fiance, Andy Reed, Mr. Charles?
1: How do you do? How do you do, sir? Any luck, Dorothy?
3: Yes, he's just around the corner. Your father? No, no, Mr. McCullough. We're going to see him now.
1: Oh, fine, fine.
3: Uh, oh, well, next?
1: Yes, my dear. Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, Miss Winant, Mr. Reed, my wife.
3: How do you do? How do you do? I'm sorry we have to rush, but you'll excuse us, Mr. Charles. Of
1: course. Uh, we're at the Normandy for a couple of weeks. Why don't you drop around?
3: Thanks, we
5: will. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye,
5: Mr. Charles. Goodbye. Pretty girl.
1: Hmm. You like blonde.
5: You got tight?
1: Only you, darling. Lanky brunettes with wicked jaws. Who is she? Dorothy Wynan, daughter of Clyde Wynan. I worked on a case for a father. Some nut wanted to kill him.
5: Charming. What's the matter now?
1: Wynan has disappeared. is afraid something happened to him.
5: Has anything happened to him?
1: My darling wife. How do I know? Funny, though. That secretary of his ought to know something.
5: Secretaries usually do. Who is she?
1: Julia Wolfe. Smart girl, Julia. I always suspected she had some kind of hold on Wyner, and that's why he kept her on.
5: Maybe you ought to give her a ring. Of course. Oh, just to say hello.
1: Mm, maybe. Want a nickel? Hmm.
3: No,
1: no, no. I've got one. I'll be right back. Hello. I want uh, Skyler four zero nine six two. No,
0: Skyler. Uh,
1: that's right.
5: Hello? Yes, you're speaking. Who? Oh.
4: Oh, hello, Mr. Charles. Yes? What was it that you wanted to... Oh. Oh, no, I don't. He didn't tell me. Not a word. I'm sorry.
3: Well, that's all right. Goodbye. Morelli.
2: Coming.
4: That. Nick Charles. The detective? He wanted to know where Winand was.
2: Oh, yeah? Why?
4: He didn't say.
1: Did anyone see Winand come here that night? The night you and him had the scrap? I don't know. Oh, no? Well, I guess I'll scram. Wait
4: a minute, Morelli. Where are you going?
1: Oh, taking a little stroll, that's all. If Nick Charles is going to pop up around here... I want to be far away when he does.
4: Oh, don't be a fool, Morelli.
2: Fool, huh? Hey, listen, sister, I got a record nine inch and to come face to face with no dick.
4: Sit down, Morelli. You need money, don't you?
2: Yeah. What
1: about it? You got some?
4: Plenty. I'm Winan's secretary.
2: Oh, yeah? What do you mean by that?
4: <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs>
5: Your friend here served good dinners, Nick.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
5: You still didn't tell me what Julie Wolfe had to say.
1: Nothing. She didn't know where he was, that's all. Finished?
5: Finished? Let's get out.
1: grab a cab and get back to the hotel.
5: Ready and willing. Where's my purse? Come on, Esther.
1: Joe? call a cab.
0: Hello?
5: Hello? Asta, be quiet. Stop it. Hello? Yes? Who is it? Miss... Oh, he is. I see. Thank you. Oh, Nick? Yeah? It's Mr. McCauley. He's on his way up.
1: McCauley? I wonder what
5: he wants. Isn't he a lawyer? Yeah. Maybe he's got some news.
1: Well, he ought... Say, you're worrying an awful lot about this business. Forget it.
5: I'll open it. I'm
0: Mrs.
1: Charles. Come in, Mr. Paul. Hello, McCauley. Well, hello, Charles. Well, how are you? Fine. Sit down. Uh, thanks. <clears throat> uh, Dorothy told me you were here. I took the liberty of coming to see you. Of course. Uh, Charles, uh, what's Mimi up to? Mimi? Oh, Dorothy's mother. Does she have to be up to something? <laughs> she usually is, trying one way or another to get money out of Winnet. I, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to find out if you were, uh, <laughs> sleuthing for her. I haven't been a detective for four years. Oh, you don't say. Oh, my wife's father died and left the lumber mill the Marigage Railroad and, uh, a whole couple of other things. I- I'm looking after them. You see, you see. What's all fuss about Why is it in hiding? Yeah, you know as much about it as I do. I haven't seen him in three months. He sends word through Julie Wolfe when he wants money. I give it to her and she gives it to him.
5: Mine? Hello? Oh, just a moment, please. It's for you, Mr. McCollum.
0: Your office. Oh, thank you.
1: Hello? What? He is? Oh, where is he? Oh, very well. Well, he's back in town,
5: Mr.
1: Winan? Yes, thank heaven, he's waiting for me now. Well, I've got to rush. I'll tell you, it's no joke working for a man
2: like that. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Charles. Goodbye, Charles. So long. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. Same to you.
0: Eleven
5: thirty. Almost Christmas, darling.
1: If that's a hint, you can drop it. You get your present at breakfast, not a minute before.
5: Beef. You know, Nick, I've been thinking. It's funny the way wine popped up all of a sudden. Yes. Wasn't it? You think there's anything behind it?
1: Why should there be? Well,
5: I don't know. It just strikes me as being funny, that's all. You're nearer than I am, darling.
1: Hello? Speaking. Oh, hello, darling. What? When? Oh, I see. Well, yes, of course I'll be here. Then.
5: What is it, darling? Darling, what is it?
1: Julia Wolfe has just been murdered.
5: Oh!
2: You are listening to William Powell and Myrna Loy in the story of the thin man from the stage of the Lux Radio Theater in Hollywood Boulevard. Before we go on with the story of Nick and Nora, we want to take you on a quick tour of Hollywood.
1: Lobby of the Hotel Roosevelt, where stars and newcomers gather. A young actress just breaking into pictures is telling her friend of her success.
3: Well, there's one thing. I've got one of the best managers in Hollywood, and that means a lot. Oh, but the rules he's laid down for me. Gee, what do you mean, rules? Well, you'd think I was going into training for the Olympics. I've got to lose five pounds. I've got to take lessons in singing and diction, and, of course, my complexion's got to be perfect. I've got to be more careful than ever not to get little blemishes or enlarged pores and, and what they call cosmetic skin. Thank goodness I know enough to use Lux toilet soap regularly, the way everybody around here does.
1: nine out of ten beautiful Hollywood screen stars use Luxe Toilet Soap and have for years. Here's what the famous Claudette Colbert has to say. When I tell people how simple my complexion care is, they always seem surprised. I use cosmetics, of course, but I always use Luxe Toilet Soap to guard against cosmetic skin. It's easy to keep skin lovely my way.
2: And now on with the show of the thin man. An hour has gone by since Nick heard about the murder of Julia Wolfe. In the living room of their suite at the hotel, Nick and Nora are listening to the radio. A news reporter is broadcasting the latest developments of the case. And
1: here's the latest news of the Julia Wolf murder. The police have found out that the beautiful mom's secretary was the gangster's girl they was spreading the dragnet for one Joe Morelli, said to be hiding out somewhere in the city. In Paris today, the Chamber of Deputies...
5: Never mind the Chamber of Deputies. Joe Morelli, that's what I wanted to know about. Well, did you get any more information out of headquarters?
1: As much as they had. Julia Wolfe was shot and killed about 9 or 9.30. Body party discovered on the floor of her living room a little after 11.
5: Who discovered it?
1: That'll surprise you. Mimi Winant.
5: Dorothy's mother? Right. What was she doing there? I don't know. Where's Clyde Winant? Still missing. Missing? But McCauley was going to see him. They had an appointment.
1: I spoke to Macaulay. Winant never showed up. Nobody knows where he is.
5: It's going to be pretty tough on Dorothy, isn't
1: it? Meaning What?
5: Meaning that it looks as if Clyde had skipped one appointment in order to keep another. With Julia Wolfe.
1: You think he killed her? Oh,
5: it's just a guess. You're the detective around here, darling. Oh,
1: that's Dorothy. Says you wanted to see me. Yeah, come in, Dorothy. Thank you. Is anyone here? That's
5: Nora. Have a seat. Oh. Hello, Dorothy. I'm, I'm sorry for breaking in on you like this. Oh, that's all right. We're used to it.
1: Anything wrong?
4: Julia Wolfe is
1: dead. Yes, we know that.
4: Here's the gun she was shot with.
1: What are you trying to tell me? That you did it?
4: Yes. I hated her. She she kept me from seeing my father. I went down there to ask her where he was. She wouldn't tell
3: me. I shot her. Where did you hit her? Why, in the heart.
1: Pretty good shot you are. What did she do?
3: She fell down.
1: Did she make any sound? Didn't scream? I don't know. Which way did she fall?
3: She, She fell over backwards.
1: Oh, yes? People fall toward a shot, you know, not back from it. I knew you were lying.
0: Oh. <laughs> All right, come on, now brace up.
1: Where did you get this gun?
0: I bought it in a pawn shop.
1: I thought so. Why did you say you did it? Whom are you trying to shield?
0: Oh, please, don't ask
5: me. You've got to tell me. Nick, let me handle this, will you? Dorothy, look at me. Nick is trying to help you. Why don't you help him? You were trying to shield your mother, weren't
0: you? no.
5: Your father, then? <laughs> Dorothy. Yes. My father. Why do you think he did it?
4: Mother was the first one to find
3: Julia Wolf. She saw something in Julia's hand and, and she took it.
5: What was it?
0: A watch chain. It belonged to my father.
5: So you think your father did it?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
5: Did your mother turn the chain over to the police?
0: No, she She
5: kept it. She didn't tell them anything about it. But she showed it to you. Yes.
1: Why did your mother go to Julia Wolfe's apartment in the first place? She...
0: She went to ask for money.
1: Oh, money again, huh?
0: <laughs>
1: yes? Oh, uh... Adam, come up,
5: please.
1: Who is it? Uh, Dorothy, uh... I wonder if you'd mind waiting in the bedroom. Of course. It'll only a minute. Well, Nick? It's Mimi Wyman Alone? She's never alone. Dorothy's brother is with her. Screwy college kid. And, uh... A guy by the name of Chris Jorgensen.
5: Jorgensen? Who's he?
1: colleague told me about him. A hanger on type. I think he's after Mimi's dough.
5: But she hasn't any.
1: Maybe that's why she wanted to get some from Julia. I'll take it. Hello. Nick, how are you?
3: Fine? Come in, Mimi. Thank you, Nick. This is my son, Gilbert. How are you? Very well, thank you. And Mr. Chris Jorgensen.
5: He's an no old friend of mine.
1: How do you do? How do you do? Sit down. No, uh, uh, my wife,
5: Mrs. You? Winant,
1: uh, Gilbert Winant, and Mr. Jorgensen. How do you do? Well, Mimi?
3: Nick, I've never been in such a state in my life. You know, of course, that I was the one who found Julia Wool. So we've heard. Oh, my dear, it was terrible. I walked in and there she was, lying dead on the floor. I meant
1: to ask you, Mother, was there much blood?
3: Gilbert, don't be so morbid.
1: But I'm interested in murder. You know, Mr. Charles, I've formed a theory about this one already. So, in my opinion, the man who did it... Was... Oh, but
3: be quiet. You don't know anything about it. Oh,
1: but I do. Be
3: quiet. Uh, you were saying, Mrs. Wynan, about finding Julia Wolfe. I was simply petrified and such a mystery. Clyde Wynon's crazy. Absolutely crazy to stay away at a time like this. No wonder the police think he had something to do with it.
1: What do you think?
3: Oh, I know he didn't, but I wish I could find him. I have something very important to tell him. And Macaulay won't help at all. He thinks I just want money.
1: Well, don't you?
3: Oh, <laughs> Nick,
5: you're always teasing. <laughs> Mrs. Wyman, were you alone when you found Julia Wolfe? Why, Of course I was. Wasn't Mr. Jorgensen with you?
1: I? Certainly not. I don't know anything about it. The first word I had that Julia Wolfe was dead was when Mrs. Wyman called me at my club.
5: Oh, she called you. Yes. Why?
1: I beg your pardon.
3: Oh, let's not even talk about it. The thing to do is to find Clyde. And that's what I've come to you for, Nick. You will help me find him, won't
1: you? I'm afraid I can't, Mimi.
3: Oh, Nick, please.
1: Now, Mimi, there are a thousand detectives in New York. Hire one of them.
3: But Clyde knows you. All you have to do is to get in touch with him and tell him that Mimi says everything is all right, but that I've got to see him. I
1: tell you again, I don't want any part of
3: it. Is that final? Final. Well, if that's the way you feel.
1: He'll turn up. You just help all you can. Give the police every possible assistance.
3: What do you mean by that?
1: Oh, nothing in particular.
3: Oh. Well, we'll say goodnight.
1: Good night. I'm sorry I can't help you, Mimi. <laughs> Is this the Normandy Hotel? I want to speak to Mr. Charles. Yeah, Nick Charles. Hello, Mr. Charles. Say, I'm sorry I woke you up. Uh, But Mr. Charles, I'd like to lay a proposition before you. It's about the murder of Julia Wolfe. What's the difference who I am? Wait a minute, all right. Wait a minute, don't hang up. I'll tell you who I am, but you got to keep it under your hat. I'm Al Nunheim. Yeah, Nunheim. Now listen, I know who murdered Julia Wolsey. Sure I do, and
2: I'll spill it to you for five grand.
1: I'll tell you how I know because I
2: was outside of her apartment
1: when she was shot, and I saw the one who did it. And I'll spill it to
2: you when I get... Hey, wait a minute. Hey, I can't talk
0: now. I'll call you again. Hello? Hello? Hello, are you still
1: there? Hello?
0: what
1: was up? Now what's up? I don't know. I'm crank, I guess. He hung up. Right, you better get back to bed and get some sleep.
5: Talk to you. That's jolly. Don't you think you'd like to go back to detecting once in a while just for the fun of it?
1: Can't you get to sleep?
5: No. Everybody says you were a grand detective.
1: They were kidding you.
5: I'd like to see you work.
1: Tomorrow, I'll buy you a whole lot of detective stories.
5: Oh, that poor girl's in an awful spot.
1: There's nothing I can do to help her.
5: She thinks you can. It wouldn't hurt you to find out if you could, would it?
1: Darling. My guess is that Wyant killed Julia, and Dorothy knows it. And the police will catch him without my help. Now, please put out the light. I'm tired.
5: Oh, all right. But well, I'm mad at you.
0: Mm-hmm. Nick. Hey. Mm-hmm.
5: Did you hear a knock? Mm-hmm. Shut up, Aster. You want to answer it, Nick?
1: Oh, good Lord.
5: All right, stay in bed. I'll do it myself. Well?
2: Mr. Charles here. Yes? I got to talk to him right away.
5: What about?
1: What's going on? What's going on?
5: There's someone to see you, Nick.
1: That's great. I was afraid I'd have to go to sleep. Come in. Yeah.
5: Um, How about a chair, Mr. Stay where
2: you are, both of you. I got you covered, so don't move. A stick-up? No, it ain't a stick-up. I got to talk to you, Mr. Charles. I want you to tell me something, and I want you to give it to me straight. You get me? Do, do
1: you mind putting that gun down? Uh, my wife doesn't care, but I'm a very nervous person. Thank you. All right, shoot. I, I mean, uh, uh, what's on your mind? You don't need to tell me you're tough. I heard about you. I'm Joe Morelli. I've never heard about you. I didn't
2: bump off Julia. All right, you didn't. I haven't seen her in three months. We were all washed up. Why tell me? I wouldn't have any reason to hurt her. She was always on the up and up with me. But that dirty little rat, nunheim Well, he got sore because she liked me and hated him. So he put the finger on me.
1: That's all very swell, brother. Only you're peddling your fish in the wrong market. I've got nothing to do with it.
2: Now, listen. The boys used to say that you were okay. A square guy. Now, that's why I'm here. What's the law doing to me? Do they think I did it? Or is it
1: just something else to pin on me? I'd tell you if I knew, but I'm, it on, I'm not in on this. Ask the police. Yeah, that'd be very
2: smart. The boys would love to have me come in and ask questions. They'd like it right down to the end of their blackjacks. Now, I came to you on the level.
1: The boys say you're on the level. Be on the level. I'm on the level. If I knew anything, I'd be... Who's that? I don't know. This is your party. Open up. Open up. This is the police. The police? Are you dirty 2 time Look out and off. Oh! Give me that gun. You rat, I'll show you. Uh, drop that gun. Drop it. You'll jump across me, will you? Come on, drop it. Give it to me. Give me the shot. gun. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Let me go. Let we go, I said. I'll take that gun. Thanks, officer. You almost had me. Get some water, Joe. Nora. Right. Are you all right? Nora. I'm Inspector Gilbert of the Homicide Center. You're in a good place, Inspector. Who's that woman on the floor? My wife. This guy's shooter? No, he tried to shoot me. I socked her in the jaw to get her out of the line of fire. I guess I hit her too hard. Nora. Oh. Look at me, Nora. Are you all right, darling?
5: Oh. You darn fool. He didn't have to knock me out. I knew you'd take him, but I wanted to see you do it.
1: She's all right. Okay, Slattery. Take Morelli downstairs. Hey, come
5: on, Morelli. Don't push. Come
1: on. I How do you people have to pop in, Inspector? We oh, hear yeah, this is getting to be a sort of a meeting place for the Wyman family. So we figured we'd stick around in case the old man himself shows up. Then we seen Morelli sneaking and we decided to come up. And I was pretty lucky for you, too. Yeah. Morelli, a friend of yours? I never saw him before. What's he want of you? Wanted to tell me he didn't kill Julia Wolf. What's that to you? Nothing. What did he think it was to you? Ask him. I don't know. I'm asking you. Keep on asking. Oh, so you're going to keep Mum, huh? All right, Mr. Charles. I won't bother you tonight, but I'll be in tomorrow morning, and I'll have plenty of things to ask.
5: Good night. Thank you, Inspector Gill. Next time you come, try to stay longer. <laughs> Nick, wake up! It's Christmas! Oh, yeah? Look, here's a telegram for you. It just came.
1: Open it, will you? Probably a touch from somebody. Well?
5: Nick! What is it? It's from Clyde Winant. Listen. Will you take charge of investigation on Julia Wolfe's murder? Communicate with Herbert Macaulay, Clyde Winant. Where's it from? Philadelphia. Then he didn't do it, did he, Nick?
1: I don't know. Communicate with Macaulay, huh? All right, we'll ask him up here this morning.
0: There
1: you are, Macaulay. What do you think? Uh, he wants you to handle the case, huh? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, what are the chances of you doing it? Slam.
5: Oh, oh, please, Nick.
1: Quiet, dear. I wish you would, Mr. Charles. Uh, uh, would it help any if I could persuade him to meet you? You might. I had word from Wynat myself last night. He gave me a code message to insert in the newspapers in case I wanted to get in touch with him. Wouldn't do any harm put it in. I'm sure you could clear this up. Oh, Wynott will only come back. It doesn't look well he's staying away at a time like this.
5: Yes? Oh, oh, just a minute. For you, Mr.
2: Macaulay, Police department. Police department? Hello? Where? In Allentown. Yes. Well, when's the next train? Right. I'll get that. Well, Wynos tried to commit
1: suicide. They wanted me to go down and identify him. Well, I guess this changes the whole story, doesn't it? That looks like an admission of guilt. (laughs) I had such hopes. I thought if you got on this case... Oh, well. Well, it's no use thinking about it now. Well,
2: I'm sorry to have wasted so
1: much of your time. You'll excuse me, won't you? Of course. Goodbye. Bye.
5: Well, that's that. Let's finish.
1: What's the matter with you?
5: Oh, the mystery's all gone. And I wanted you to find out who did it. Maybe I will. But why then?
1: I don't believe he did it.
5: Why don't you?
1: No reason. That's hunch. But I'm going to find out. Come on, Dr. Watson. We're going places. I want to speak to Inspector Gill.
0: Inspector huh? <laughs> Gill.
1: to man, Mr. Charles. Are you working on this case? Man to man, Inspector Guild, I'm not.
5: But he's interested.
1: I don't mind telling you I'd rather have you in on the right side. You mean not on the whining side? I'd rather have you working with us than against us. So would I. It's a bargain, then. Do you know about the case? I've read the papers. What about the suicide? Oh, that's a phony. The men didn't even have to go down. Yeah, I thought it might be. From now on, they're going to think that every thin man over six feet with white hair is whining.
5: Do you think that Winant did it?
1: Looks like he planned something. He shut up his apartment and his shop. But there's nothing yet to clinch it. Fifty will get you a hundred, that Winant didn't do it. Who's your candidate? I haven't got that far yet. I don't think that everything points to Winant. What about the alibis? They're all okay. Mrs. Winant, the boy, Dorothy, McCauley, even Morelli. Uh, What about uh, Jorgensen? Oh, Oh, I'll check on that. Well, I'm afraid this is kind of dull for you, Mrs. Charles.
5: Dull? I'm sitting on the edge of my chair.
1: Frankly, I'm stunned. I don't know what to do next. What about you, Charles? Me? Oh, but, uh, I've got a hunch. What is it? I got a call last night. I thought it was from a crank. But I've changed my mind. Whoever it was knew something. And I've got a feeling I'll hear from him again. time is it?
5: Almost ten. Still waiting to hear from the crank?
1: And how? Here, give me that quick. Hello? Yeah? Ed? This is Nick Charles? Who? Can't hear you. I said I can't hear you. i have to speak louder. I can't speak
0: any louder. Hey, this is Al Nunheim again.
5: You know,
1: I called you last night. Hey, listen. Are you still interested in that proposition? Yeah, huh? All right, then. now here's the dope, and get this straight: The man who killed Julia woke up. What's this, Gil? You think Winnet killed Julia Wolf and Nunnheim? Right. Why? Two reasons. First off, Mimi Winnet came across with a watch chain she plucked off Julia's body. Oh, she did, huh? It belonged to Clyde Winnet. Yeah. What's the second reason? A pip. The bullet that killed Nunnheim came from the same gun. That's all right, Inspector. All right, it's perfect. Clyde Winnet is guilty of both of this murders. Maybe. What? Tristan, you'll still get your hundred. I say Winnet's innocent. You can say what you want but I'm spreading a dragnet for that guy over every town in these United States. And I'll get him, too. Calling all cars, calling all cars,
5: cover all cars, leaving city, pick up light, white and tall, thin man, last seat, wearing dark red suit, light, white and thin man. You think they'll find him, Nick? He must be in New York.
1: Probably is.
5: Oh, it's getting me down. I saw Dorothy today. Yeah? What? She's broken off her engagement. What for? Oh, don't ask me. She was a little hysterical. Something about not wanting to ruin her fiancé's life. Daughter of a murderer and all that. Mm, poor kid. Well, see you later, darling. Where do you think you're going? I'm going to take us for a walk. <laughs> He's just been for a walk. We're going sightseeing,
1: aren't we, Well,
5: Nick, what are you up to?
1: I've got a hunch. I'm going down to look at wine and shop. I want to find out why it's closed.
5: Why shouldn't he close it? He went away.
1: He went away lots of times when I knew him, but he never closed his shop. i have got to hunt something up.
5: You me, mean he might be hiding there?
1: I don't know, but this thing's got my goat. I've got to find out.
5: Nick, Nick, I won't have you going down there at this hour of the night. He's a crazy man. He might kill you. he will be all right.
1: I've got Astor to protect me.
5: All right, go on. Go on, see if I care. But it's a dirty trick bringing me all the way to New York just to make me a widow.
1: You wouldn't be a widow long.
5: You bet I wouldn't.
1: Not with all your money.
5: You dog. Goodbye, darling. Nikki, take care of yourself, won't you? Sure, I will. Don't say it that way. Say it if you meant it.
1: Why, I believe the little woman cares.
5: I don't care. I'm just used to you, that's
1: all. Sure. So long, darling.
5: Come
2: on, Esther. Come on, come
5: on. Goodbye. And call me, darling, please. I'll be waiting to hear from you. Aster. Aster, if you let anything happen to him, you'll never wag that tail again. <laughs>
2: You are listening to the Lux Radio Theater's production of The Thin Man, starring William Powell and Myrna Loy, with the music under the direction of Louis Silvers. This is W.S. Van Dyke speaking. We have here tonight the man who wrote the great picture, Lawyer Man, for Bill Powell here. He's a producer, too, but just on the writing end. He's done many great pictures, 42nd Street, The Gold Diggers, King of Burlesque, and lots of others, including an original musical, Ladies in London, which you'll be seeing soon. And here he is, the man whose name you'll see on the screen before the picture starts, one of Hollywood's greatest picture writers, James Seymour. here, Jim.
1: Thanks, Woody. I've been a movie writer for 10 years. That's
2: the first kind word anybody has said to me. <laughs> Listen, Jim. The average person thinks a movie writer is a fellow that sits by himself at a typewriter, ham- hammers out a lot of dialogue, and hands it in. Would you like to correct that impression? I certainly would.
1: <clears throat> Nobody works alone and by himself to make a picture. It's a matter of constant cooperation between producer, director, technician, actors, and the writers. Some of the best story ideas come out of the conferences. Jim, how many writers would you say there are on an average picture? Plenty. Believe it or not, I've seen pictures where there were more writers than actors. If all the people who contributed to the story got screen credit, it would look like a page from the telephone directory. You've written on both the stage and screen, Jim. Tell the folks how they're different. Well, pictures have less talk, but they tell more in less time. Like concentrated foods, all the good and none of the waste. In the theater, everything must be brought to the audience. On the screen, you take your audience wherever the camera can go. And here's another important point that comes right back to your Lux radio theater. On the stage, the star just enters. But on the screen, she's introduced with a big close-up. A picture of the star's face many times larger than life-size. Every time a movie star's complexion is mentioned in this Lux radio theater... I think of those close-ups. Those stars just have to be beautiful, and they found that Lux toilet soap helps them look their best. Producers know it too, and that's why it's the official soap in all the great studios in Hollywood. Right, Woody?
2: Right on the nose, Jim. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for asking me. Good night. Good night. Jim. We
1: pause for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: The Thin Man. Nick is on his way to Clyde Winant's deserted laboratory. In a dark and desolate section of the city, his cab veers sharply around a corner and pulls up in front of a gloomy, old, rickety building. Say, mister,
1: are you sure this is the place you want it?
2: Looks like it.
1: Come on, I'll step jump. How much are you? Dollar twenty. Oh, do you want me to wait? No, oh, never mind. Oh, that's good. You know, this ain't no neighborhood to be in at 2 o'clock in the morning. I want to get out of here. There you are. Thanks. <laughs> Hello. Come on, Esther. Come on, let me step
3: with you.
5: Hello.
1: Nora, what are you doing here?
5: I beat you down. I want to go with you, Nick. Now, listen. No. You're not going in that place alone and that settles it. Now get out that skeleton key of yours and open that door. I'm here to stay.
1: All right. Come on. Yes.
5: <laughs> Dog. Nice neighborhood, and picked out for his laboratory. I can almost hear the chains rattling. Do you believe in ghosts, Nicky?
0: There we are. Come in. Be quiet. Nicky, it's so dark in here.
3: I've got a flashlight. We'd like to close the door.
1: Master, shut up.
5: Go on, Nora. Which way?
1: Straight ahead. Can we get the layout of it, please? It
5: looks awfully big to
3: me. You can't even see into the corner.
1: Even don't let the shadows frighten you.
3: Who's frightened? Hold it. matter?
1: This looks like Winant's work table.
5: More like a slab in a morgue. Look, Nate. There's a cement floor all around.
1: Yeah, probably. A lot of weight goes on that table. Come on. Where to now? There's an old desk over there on the wall. I want to take a look at it. What do you expect to find? Darling, oh, if I knew what I'd find, I wouldn't be... Nick! What's
5: next?
1: There's a loose board, I guess. It,
5: it sounds like, like somebody was walking over
1: that way. Oh, just your imagination. There's no one in here with us.
5: No? What
0: about wine' This is his workshop. Why couldn't he hiding out here? What's that? Asta, Asta, come here. Scratching on the cement around the work
1: table. Asta, Stop
0: it. Hear
1: what I said, Asta.
3: Nick, look at him. He's after something. I've seen him scratch the ground like that
5: when when, when he was looking for.
0: Asta. Asta. Nora, look. Look at this
1: new cement. Listen.
0: Nick.
1: It's hollow. I wonder if I could find something to dig it up.
5: There's an iron bar on the table, I just.
1: Find out what's under there.
5: Oh, Nick, I'm scared.
1: Ask quiet. Keep away, Nora. Ask come here. Yeah. Uh, once more. There she goes. I'm uh, uh, through the cement. Yeah. Ask get away from there. Get away. Get your story as soon as I can give it to you. Until then, you've got to leave us alone. Come on now, get out. Oh, Those reporters are enough to drive a guy nuts. Well, you were right, Nick. It was a body. A skeleton, rather, buried in lime. I wonder what and had against this one. Did you find any clothes? Yeah, but no identification on them. Just a silver belt buckle with the initials DWR. DWR? Who's that? I got a good idea. That case you worked on, the guy who threatened to kill Wynant, what was his name? Oh, uh, Rosewater. Yeah, Rosewater. He said Wynant tried to steal an invention, didn't he? Yes, but we figured it was just blackmail. Just the same, Wynant wouldn't mind having him out of the way, would he? And according to the doc, the body's been there at least a couple of months. Hmm. That's just about the time Wynett closed the shop. Right. Did you put the skeleton under the fluoroscope yet? Half an hour ago. We found the bullet he was killed with and something in the leg bone. An old piece of shrapnel. Shrapnel? Yeah. Why? Shrapnel in the leg bone. He probably limped. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. Well, so long, Inspector. I'm going to pick up my wife, take her home. It's been a long night. So long. Give her my best, will you? Right. Where
5: are we going, Nick?
1: Back to the hotel, my sweet. Pack our bags and take a nice trip somewhere.
5: A trip? Oh, no.
1: My soul, woman. I gave you three murders and you aren't satisfied.
5: I want you to stay and find one. I did find him. What do you mean?
1: He was down in the shop.
5: Yes.
1: It was his body that was buried there.
5: Wyman's body?
1: Yeah.
5: But they all said it was Rosewater's.
1: Oh, that's what they think.
5: What makes you so sure it's Wyman's body?
1: Several things. Clothes, for instance. They were, carefully preser- pres- they were carefully preserved. And the body was just as carefully destroyed. The person who killed him counted on one thing. That all skeletons look alike. Well, don't they? Sure. But I remember that Wynette had some shrapnel in his shin. They found it under the fluoroscope.
5: How long has he been dead?
1: A couple of months, anyway.
5: Then he couldn't have committed those other murders. Smart girl. Wynette did. Does Dorothy
1: know? No, nobody but you. I didn't even tell Gil.
5: Why
1: not? I want to lie low till I get the whole dope. I don't want to go off half cock. What are
5: you going to
1: do? I'm going to get the real murderer. I've got an idea. Want to see me take him?
5: Yes.
1: You got a nice evening dress? <laughs> oh,
5: I've got a Lulu.
1: Why? I'm going to have a party, a dinner party. Everything from Russian caviar to camembert cheese, an orchestra behind the palms, the dude lighting. What is
5: this?
1: And I'm going to invite all of the suspects. The
5: suspects? They won't
1: come. Oh, they'll come. I'll have Gil issue the invitation.
5: Nick, who's going to be here?
1: Everybody. You, me, Dorothy, Eric's ex fiancee, uh
5: his name's Andy.
1: Uh right. Macaulay, Mimi, Gilbert, Jorgison, and Morelli.
0: Oh, darling, what a lovely party. All right, we Good
1: evening, everybody of this. The meaning of what, Mimi?
3: Why would we all rounded up like common criminals and brought to the sitter? Yes.
1: To eat, Mimi, and talk. Will everyone please be seated? Dorothy, here. Thank you. Andy, next to her, please. Oh, but Mr. Charles, will you... Please? <laughs> very well. Mimi, on the other side of Andy. And <laughs> uh, Mr. Jorgson, over there, please. You're very kind, Mr. Charles. Not at all. Mr. McCauley, next. Of course. Morelli? What? Right where you are. Now, say, listen. Sit down. Uh and uh, Gilbert uh, you can sit just opposite mama Mr Charles I have a theory uh, we'll listen to it later uh, Inspector Gill you and your men will stand by uh, by the door please sure fine now Nora if you will sit here by me
5: Delighted Mr Charles a
1: Pleasure Mr Charles now we're all ready to begin
3: uh, Will you please pass the celery Mrs Wyatt? No I will not I demand to know why we are here
1: Before dinner All right I've got some important news I've seen one
0: You will not level
3: what? Certainly, I mean it. That's nothing. I saw him myself.
1: Yes, Mimi. When?
3: Last night. He came to see me in my apartment.
1: Oh, did he? What did he say? He
3: didn't say very much. He wanted to know how I was and how the children were.
1: I'm afraid you're lying, Mimi. You see, I really did see Wyman last night. Are you kidding? No. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you hold him? Because I found out for certain that he didn't commit the murders. Well, you, you
0: know that What's that's ridiculous. Now, oh, wait a minute. Let him have his day.
1: Thank you. Morelli, you knew Julia. Was she jipping Winant, taking dough on the sly? Well, she don't say she is, but I figure she is, yeah. Thank you. Now I'll tell you why no know Winant didn't commit those murders. Three months ago, Winant found out that Julia was cheating him and was splitting with some man. He went to find the man, and he did. That man was desperate. He knew that he was caught dead to rights. And at prison, staring him in the face, he took the only way out. He killed Winant. Oh... Terrible to tell you this, way, Dorothy, that your father's dead. Dead. He's been dead for three months.
0: Dead. Oh. Oh,
1: darling, don't no cry. Oh.
0: I oh, know it's terrible, but
1: isn't it really better this way?
5: Oh, Andy, Andy. You'd better take her home, Andy. Yes, of course. Come on, darling. Let them out, Inspector. Oh,
1: open up. Oh, don't cry, darling. Please. It'll be
3: all right, you I oh, Okay, oh, Andy. This is absurd. How can Clyde be dead? You said yourself you saw him last night.
1: So I did. I saw him lying buried in his shop. You mean that body? It was Wyman?
3: Perfectly absurd.
1: And the murderer is right here in this room tonight. He's sitting at this table. What? Who is it? I don't know. But I thought if we all had a little get-together, we might be able to find out. I'll tell you as much as I know. This murderer is a very clever man. He planned the whole thing beautifully. After he killed Winant, he wired Macaulay, using Winant's name, and told him to shut up the shop. Then he took Winant's body and buried it in the shop with another man's clothes to throw us off the track. He even put a belt buckle with an R on it, hoping that we'd think it was Rosewater, an old enemy of Winant's who dropped out of sight years ago. Um, Morelli, Yeah. Would you mind holding your knife the other way you're worrying Gilbert? Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: If that knife is missing, I'll look for it in your
1: back. I'll help you look. Uh, well, after our hero had killed Winnet, he got a brilliant idea. He realized that he and Julia could still collect money. Winnet was supposed to be on a trip. No one knew where. So our dinner guest wrote letters to Macaulay signing Winnet's name so that Macaulay would continue to send the money to Julia. He even telephoned Macaulay. Uh, do you remember Macaulay? The first day that you came to see me, he telephoned that he was in town. Oh, it must have been Wynet. I should have known if it weren't his voice. Oh, he was clever about that. He called when you were out. Now, that same afternoon, Julia telephoned him. She said that you were coming, Mimi, to ask about Winant. He got terrified. He was afraid that Julia would break down and tell. So he went to Julia and killed her and left Winant's watch chain in her hand.
0: one of the of that? I don't know. not mm-hmm. no. no no. make sense. I hope you're
5: well.
0: Uh,
1: quiet, please. His plan was still working beautifully. The only hitch was a man named Nunheim, who had found out something. So our hero bumped him off, too. But our hero overlooked just one item. The telegrams, wires, and telephones were all very well. But no one had seen Winant. So the murderer picked on poor Mimi here to strengthen his case. Mimi is the only one at this table who can tell us who the real murderer is. Mimi? Who was it that told you to say you'd seen Winant?
3: Nobody told me. I did see him. What did
1: he pay you, Mimi, to stick to that story? It
3: isn't a story. It's true. I did see Winant. He's not
1: dead. You're lying, Mimi. But then you'd do anything for money. You're getting a good price for saying you saw Winant.
3: I'm not going to stay here and be insulted. Sit down.
1: You're getting a good price, Mimi. But don't forget this. Two other people were in with him on this deal. Julia and Mannheim. When he thought they might spill something, he bumped them off. You ought to know darn well that he's not going to take any chances on you. What do you want to do, be next on his list? No, no. And who is he? Who paid you that money?
3: Macaulay. Why, oh, oh, you dirty little...
1: I think that'll hold him. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a wallet. Hey, nice work, Mr. Charles. There's your man, Inspector, Mr. Macaulay. I can't believe it. What do you want me to do, wrap him up in cellophane? Take a look and get him out of here. Come on, boys. Grab him. Let me get ahead
5: of him. If you took him. I knew you would. Yeah,
1: another case like this, and I'll develop into a prize fighter. Oh,
5: Nicky, you're grand. You're glorious.
1: I'll bet you say that to all the boys.
2: That's That, The Story of the Thin Man with William Powell and Myrna Loy. I'm going to get them back out here in a minute to talk to you. As you know, these broadcasts from the Lux Radio Theater are quite an event in Hollywood. And among our many friends here tonight is one of the greatest stars of the silent pictures. I admired her from afar when she was doing such magnificent spectacles as Cleopatra. And I was just an extra. Today, she is the wife of one of our leading film directors. I've known her for many years as a most charming and gracious lady. And I want you to meet her now, Miss Theda Barrett. Thank
4: you, Woody. Our Hollywood entertainment has certainly developed amazingly since I was making pictures.
2: Yes, everything's different now.
4: As you and I know, mm. before pictures grew up and started to talk, we had to translate all emotion into pantomime. Oh, you may think you have trouble today, but do you remember the difficulties we had working with a split screen? We had to express jealousy, hate, love, or devotion, all in pantomime. And at the same time, keep pace as the director guided us with a one, two, three, four, just as a metronome guides a pianist.
2: Anto has always been one of the greatest of arts. And may I say, Miss Vera, I have always thought that you were one of the greatest masters of that art.
4: Oh, you're very kind, Woody. We worked awfully hard making those pictures. For instance, in making Cleopatra, we had no research department at the studio. I worked myself for months with the curator of Egyptology at the Metropolitan Museum in New York. It was great fun, though.
2: I understand Miss Barry, You're going to make some radio appearances.
4: Yes, I am. Uh-oh. And I'm also going to do some motion picture work.
2: Now, that's good news.
4: I'm considering an offer now, running through scripts and ideas. Oh, I just hope everyone will be as happy about another theater-barrel picture as I am. The public has been very good to me in the past.
2: And I know they'll be awfully glad to see you again. I'm sure it'll be a great thrill not only seeing you, but hearing your voice. Thanks, Miss Barrett, for joining us tonight.
4: I'm glad I could. Good night.
2: (laughs) Hearing Theda Barrett talk of her plans brings to my mind some other plans. I've heard discussed in Hollywood this week. Picture people are talking about Charlie Chaplin's recent statement that he will start work on a new picture very shortly. Miss Paulette Goddard will be starred. Chaplin will write and direct, but will not act in it. A disappointment to many of us. Barbara Stanwyck and Robert Taylor are starting a new picture today. And I'm tickled to death that I got the job directing. It's called His Brother's Wife. Speaking of Bob Taylor, there's a lad who is going places. He's got a great future. And sometime in that future, he's going to do Armand to Greta Garbo's Camille. Bill Powell and Myrna Loy here are interested in the making of MGM's picture, The Good Earth. Louise Rayner, who was with them in The Great Ziegfeld, and Paul Muni of The Stars. And now Bill Powell and Myrna Loy are coming out on the stage. Arise, Bill, Myrna. Kids, <laughs> you did a great show. You're really marvelous.
1: What, no retakes?
5: No, <laughs> no property man.
2: Yeah, Bill, I'll bet you're glad my property man isn't here. Remember how I used to swatch you with a broomstick when you weren't hurrying on the set fast enough? Yes, that Harry Alvarez
1: is a great fellow. But he's the most independent cuss in the whole picture business.
2: Listen, Bill, that fellow was with me in the Arctic when we made Eskimo. He was with me in African jungle when we made Trader Horn. And after a man has handled crocodiles, sharks, pythons, and polar bears, you can't expect him to be afraid of a mere actor.
1: There's there's only one thing I can ever understand about that picture, uh, Eskimo, Woody. How did they tell you from the polar bears?
5: He wore rubbers. I wore a hat. (laughs) Must be pretty tough, Woody, when you have to plow through swamps, jungles, tropics, and the Arctic. I suppose when you call up and say you're going on location, your wife says, uh, Oh, yes, location. You want the snowshoes or the snake bite, Madison?
2: Hmm. Unfortunately, she doesn't say that. When I say I'm going on location, she just says, uh, you are not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally,
2: I thought all about that traveling, uh, I thought all about it when the Lux soap people asked me to do this broadcast. Isn't it funny? In the Arctic, soap is something they like to eat. In the tropics, they use soap for money. And here in Hollywood, soap is something that keeps the stars beautiful.
1: Now, I can see that it keeps Myrna beautiful, Woody, but, uh... When are you going to start using that? Nice talk. Nice room?
0: talk. <laughs>
2: but I do use it that. And that's no kidding. Anyway, thanks for coming up, kids. Goodbye, Woody. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye.
2: Bye-bye. <laughs> Before I tell you about next week's show, I'm going to ask our announcer, Mr. Roy to tell you about more about the cast and about Hollywood Studios who are cooperating with us.
1: Our cast of characters tonight, Nick, William Powell, Nora, Myrna Loy, Mimi, Minagambo, Macaulay, Porter Hall, Dorothy, Barbara Luddy, Gilbert, William Henry, Chris Jorgensen, Brett Morrison, Julia Wolf, Margaret Brayton, Inspector Guild, Thomas Jackson, Morelli, Wally Mayer, Nunheim, Ernie Adams. Our director, W.S. Van Dyke, and our stars, William Powell and Myrna Loy, appeared through courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer, as did Mr. William Henry, and Porter Hall through the courtesy of Paramount. The musical director of this program, Mr. Lewis Silvers, appears through the kindness of 20th Century Fox. And now, here is your producer, Mr. W.S. Van Dyke.
2: Thanks to all of you in the cast. You did a swell job. <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille will return to the Lux Radio Theater in time to to, to produce Burlesque. And you know he'll give you a great show. I've enjoyed being with you all, and
0: good night.